Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. The 22nd hour number two, Oilers now, a game night in Ottawa. Oilers last game on the road in the Eastern time zone this season. The second hour of Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. Chorus uses Digitex for their copiers and their printers. Their service is outstanding. Some guests in Oilers now receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. You can reach us on a River Creek Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. Brought to you by Bill Engvall. Coming up a couple days from now over at the River Creek. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. And Larry, the cable guy, April 14th, live at the River Creek Resort and Casino. We've gone to the Westlock Ford text line a bunch of times. Westlock Ford, go down and see our friend Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out their great selection today at westlockford.com worth the drive to get your new ride. We are on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. In this hour, we will play Stoffer Trivia for Mr. Lou. We will hear from Ottawa Senators forward Matt Duchesne and Edmonton Oilers forward Pontus Aberg. Gord Wilson, Ottawa Senators radio analyst, will join us. And to talk to us about the upcoming McKenzie Tour event in Edmonton, officially getting announced in terms of uh, the dates, Jeff Monday, the uh, PGA Tour of Canada's president, uh, in the final half hour of the show as well. Uh, as I mentioned, you can text us at 630-630. But let's do this. We'll look at the lineups for the teams tonight. Oilers going to go, uh, according to Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, same lineup. So Connor McDavid with 19 points in his last 13 games will center Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Ty Ratty. RNH, six points in six games since being placed with McDavid, plus six during that stretch. Leon Dreisettle, a goal and four points, plus four against Carolina with Drake Kajula and Pontus Aberg. Aberg has played nine games in Edmonton. He's plus five and got five points. Ryan Strom with Milan Lucic and Yeso Pugliarvi, and Jujar Kara with Anton Slepyshev and Ilro Pakarinen. On defense, Adam Larson will be paired with Darnell Nurse, Chris Russell with Ethan Bear, Johan Evitu with Matthew Benning, Cam Talbot starts in goal. He's 27-27-2, a 2.98 goals against average and a 908 save percentage. He's been climbing for a while, uh, basically at a 930 save percentage over his last 14 starts. By the way, Brendan, I'm going to bring you in briefly here. I, I'm not sure where this prior, uh, perspective has come out that we've been too hard on Yessa Pugliarvi on this show. 
Uh, we've been harder, certainly, on Lucic than Poliarvi. I think we've had a lot of patience. All I was explaining with Spec the other day is why right now he might be better suited exactly on the line. That he, here's the thing. When he plays a throw in Lucic, he gets to carry the puck more when he's with those two guys. There's less pressure. He's playing against opposition's third sets of defense in those scenarios. He has not seen a lot of power play time. He has done the work off the ice absolutely unequivocally in terms of working out, okay? 100% committed. Does he understand the concepts yet? I would say that that's up to be debated. And we should not be surprised. He comes from a unique part of Finland. There was going to be some time growing this player along, and people need to be patient. But they also don't necessarily give need to give him everything. In terms of Darnell Nurse, uh, Nurse is an incredible athlete. He has a physical edge. He is tough as nails. He unequivocally can skate. Will he ever become an elite offensive player in the back end? I don't know. Some have suggested, Larry Robinson loves him, and the irony is, for those of you old enough to remember the Montreal Canadiens, Larry Robinson, in Sir Savard and Gila Point were the offensive defensemen as Robinson in time became that guy in Montreal. But he had incredible raw tools, just like Darnell Nurse. Nobody wants to hear the term patience when the Oilers missed playoffs 10 straight years, have 103 points in 47 games last year, and then missed the playoffs. Nobody wants to hear the word patience. But those two players, Poliarvi and Nurse, combined, and I'll, you know, McDavid and Dry settled down the middle, and Nurse, I believe, are going to be the leaders. Uh, Nurse and Poliarvi, how far they go in terms of the offensive game, for me, patience is going to be a factor for the organization, but also for the fans. So that's my perspective on those two guys. And I wouldn't rule against either of them based on how hard they work in practice, because they have the intrinsic practice habits, which allows players to be successful. So there. Yeah, so with, uh, well, with Poliarvi, Bob, I, I mean, he has all the tools. It's clearly... Uh taking some time and I think it will still take some time but after a game like he had the other night do you reward him I guess a little bit is where I'm getting at because yes McClellan's been tough on him and uh, as you talked about five on five restricting his minutes a bit getting those easier matchups but with the power play I just don't understand why he's not getting a look on the top power play and I'll never understand that with how the power play has performed this season you have a right shot guy like that I would try it just to and see you know what? and maybe when reward him after a game like he had. And he scored a beautiful goal on the power play not too long ago. Brennan, when your power play is 31st and has been as bad as the Oilers have been this year, it's a fair argument to make. Absolutely. It's just like we referenced the piece written by Frank Saravelli. There were a lot of fair points in that piece. Okay, When a team underperforms like Edmonton, criticism gets directed. But for, for people to suggest that I've somehow given up on Paul Yervey, are you actually listening to the show? No, with you 100% on that. You, like, come on. As Louis like, said, constructive criticism. I think that was You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here, the coaches talk about we got to get Sekar up and we got to get Lucic up. I'm a little bit nervous on that front with those two players. I mean, Andre Sekar has come off a substantive injury and will be, you know, 32 slash 33 next season. It is going to be a challenge. Milan Lucic, the cautionary tale of all the tough guys like that. And, I mean, I have frustration watching the Oilers play and watching it be Darnell 
and Jujar Kara that are stepping up for their teammates all the time. In my mind, that responsibility should be shared by some others as well. Like to me, you know, I mean, hey, if you're watching Milan Lucic, one goal in 37 games, he hasn't had a fight in over 50 games. I get it. Lots of teams don't want to fight him. But I think there's a lot of people listening to the show right now saying, you know, darn, I wish Milan showed a little bit more. And, and he's just had an incredibly frustrating year. So he's going to have to reevaluate a lot of different things to get back to being an effective player. And you know what? When you're being paid $6 million a year, you're supposed to be an effective player. It kind of comes with the territory. I got a lot of time for being more patient with Paul Yarby Nurse. I would probably try to bridge Nurse if it were me. And I wonder if the offensive limitations in his game will keep the price point down long-term. Like, do you bridge him for two years and then sign him to a six- or seven-year deal in the four-plus range? If he doesn't put offensive numbers, you might be able to get that done. All right, uh, let's get to Stoffer Trivia. It is brought to you by Mr. Lube, Canada's leader in car maintenance. Christian Wolanin. Christian Wolanin. Uh, just finished up his third year at North Dakota. That's the same school that Dylan Simpson played for. Hmm. Christian Wolanin's father, Craig Wolanin, went third in the NHL draft in 1985. Wendell Clark went first. Which Oilers now regular for a $50 gift certificate? Which Oilers now regular went second in between Wendell Clark and Craig Wolanin? This is probably the single easiest question we have ever asked. 780-496-0063. We'll take a timeout, come back, and get to more on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and Hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Well, thank you, Zach. Uh, Zach Cassian skated today over at the Canadian Tire Center. Uh, the orders had an optional practice today. Will not play tonight against the Ottawa Senators. Our Mr. Lube trivia question. Uh, just given the connections, uh, Christian Wolanin today making his NHL debut for the Ottawa Senators. Senators have uh, four defensemen dressed that have played 104 fewer games in the NHL. Uh, Frederick uh, Cleason, uh, Ben Harper, and Thomas Shabbat, and now... Christian Wolanin. Christian Wolanin is the son of Craig Wolanin. He went third in the 1985 draft. Christian Wolanin played at uh, North Dakota. We tried to give you a hint there. We said, just like Dylan Simpson, a former winner, who went second in that 85 draft behind Wendell Clark. And in between Clark and Christian Wolanin, the answer was Craig Simpson, who is, of course, our... Uh, Wednesday guest on Oilers. Now, of note in that draft year, 1985, by just for what it's worth, um, 
some guys that had physicality at the top of the charts. Obviously, Wendell Clark going number one. Jim Sandlack, they called him the house when he played with the Vancouver Canucks. He was a tough forward. Uh, Dana Merzen, who certainly during his time with the Canucks in the mid-1990s, I remember once, if Louis DeBrusque was listening to the show, he'd be laughing. But uh, Shane Corson one time beat the living snot out of Dana Merzen. Dana Merzen was a big, slow-moving defenseman out of Calgary Wranglers. And one thing about Course, when he decided he could chuck him, and he chucked him. Brad Delgarno went number six in that 1985 draft year. We've talked about this before, but Brad Delgarno was 16. Uh, he got in a fight with Bob Probert and stood his ground and hung in there when Proby was running supreme uh, in the OHL in the mid 1980s. In fact, it was probably that year in 84, 85 that that happened. Or it might have even been 83, 84 uh, that Delgarno had that. Epic, uh, no, it would have been 8045. He had that epic scrap uh, with uh, Bob Probert. So Del Garno uh, had his career interrupted. He got concussed in a fight with Joey Kosher as a member of the New York Islanders, and then came back and was sort of a checking forward after. The LA Kings in 1985 had the ninth and 10th overall picks. Craig Duncanson and Dan Grant, and Dan Grant played for the Oshawa Generals. Duncanson was out of Sudbury. They combined to play. 45 games in the NHL. Prince Albert Raiders won the Memorial Cup that year. Dave Manson was the 11th overall pick for the Chicago Blackhawks. He played 1,100 games in the National Hockey League. The 84-85 Prince Albert Raiders are considered by many to be the toughest junior hockey team ever. Certain, some might argue that was the 1991 Spokane Chiefs. Um, and in that 84-85 Memorial Cup, Ken Bobgardner, who was a teammate of Banson's with the Prince Albert Raiders, actually got in a fight in the penalty box with Bob Probert. That was one of the memorable moments. The Calgary Flames drafted a guy who was Peter Shirelli's teammate at Harvard, Chris Biotti. Never played an NHL game. and uh, He went 17th overall, first-round draft choice, 1985. In fact, the Flames had three consecutive draft years where players that they took in the first round never played a game in the NHL. One was an unfortunate uh, circumstance. Uh, George Plough was big hulking forward. He got in a car accident and passed away in 1986, just after he was drafted. The Oilers, by the way, their first round pick in 1985 was Scott Metcalf. Uh, he was not much to write home about either. He played 19 games in the NHL. But uh, hard. Todd Carnelli, I played against Todd Carnelli. You know, growing up as a kid, he was an infinitely better player than me. He was out of uh, St. Albert and was playing with the Kamloops Blazers. He was Edmonton's second round draft choice. They used to just destroy the teams I played for for fun. Uh, like 8 or 9-2 was embarrassing. Brendan, did you ever have teams like that that just owned you every time you played them? Oh, yeah. Usually every time I was on the ice, Bob. But, uh. well, no, but like, no, like, because you played midget, double-A uh, and triple-A. Did you bat them double-A and triple-A? Well, yeah, South Side was always good. They always seemed to beat us. We always yeah. had the upper hand on KC, though, so there was oh. that the other way. But, uh, yeah. yeah, South Side was always tough. Uh, St. Albert had a ton of guys. Oh, yeah, uh, St. Albert, too. They were always good. They had Vivrios and Todd Ewan and Carnelli. Those were all NHL draft choices. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, Rob Brown came through that St. Albert group. Greg Hoggett was a tremendous, uh, skilled offensive player as well. All right, we don't have a lot of time to get to this, so let's get right after it. Matt Duchesne in conversation with Jack Michaels. Uh, Duchesne coming over in a midseason deal with the uh, Colorado Avalanche.
Well, this league is so good. There's going to be probably five or six teams this year that aren't going to make it that should be in there and that could be in there. And uh, that's the way it is every year. And uh, Edmonton's a similar situation as we are. So I think the biggest thing right now with 10 left is just to we want to be, you know, as good as we can be down the stretch and going to the summer feeling good about ourselves and um, going to the summer hungry and know that we can be where we want to be next year. From your standpoint, considering you've been on a team that perhaps overachieved and you've been on some other teams that haven't reached the standard that they probably set for themselves, when you look back on it, why wasn't this team able to go on the kind of run that would have thrust you right back into contention? Uh, untimely breaks. Um, you know, you don't want to blame the schedule, but um, it's tough. I mean, we have a week-long trip to Sweden. We come back for two games, and we're on the road for three. Then we come back for, I think, maybe one, and then we're on the road for 11 or whatever. We're on the road for eight or nine games. And, um, it, you know, then it, that kind of killed us. We come back. We won, like, I think four in a row. We go into uh, bye week. We come back, and we lose five in a row. So, uh it's been a very strange schedule this year. I'm hoping we don't have anything close to this next year. I hope it's very, way more similar, and, or sorry, way more normal. Once we got ourselves in a hole, we weren't able to get the momentum. You know, once we did get the momentum a little bit, we had a big long break again. So uh, sometimes that kills you, and uh, it's game of momentum. When you get on one side of winning, you know, it's easy, and when you get on the side of losing, it's it's hard. So um, I think that's kind of what happened to us this year. Now I'm going to flip it around to the other side because this month you've beaten five teams that are likely headed to the playoffs. What in your mind has allowed this club to start to find some cohesion and, and chemistry moving forward? When we're, when we're playing the way we can play, we can beat anyone in this league and I think that we're, you know, we, if we, even if we do this t- this year over again with the same group, I think, we, I think we're in a way better position. So, um, we've had a lot of injuries too. That's been, that's hurt us obviously some trades and um, you know, it's uh, um, it's just one of those things. Uh, you know, some, every now and then you have a year you know you don't want to have and I think this team had an unbelievable run last year and obviously this year was a, was a letdown so um, I think all of us want to finish the season hard and go back to one of the summer hungry and ready to, ready to get better as individuals and then come together as a team in the fall. Finally and not necessarily a pleasant subject but one that again has a, has a connection to Edmonton as you know you know Taylor Hall was quite vocal about having some mixed feelings last year as, as the Oilers surged into the playoffs. What are your feelings when you see Colorado on the kind of run there knowing you have so many good friends in that dressing room. Yeah, um, you know what? I'm not too I'm not too concerned with it either way. I think yeah. I think I'm happy for those guys if they end up making it. Obviously they're in a, a battle right now. Um, if they make it, you know, good for them. They deserve it. They've had some guys there have have had some amazing seasons and sometimes everything just comes together and uh, it seems to be that way there this year and um, for me, um, you know, it was I needed a, a change and I was this is why I'm I'm here. I'm in Ottawa right now and um, sometimes you need that in your career so um, you know I, th- I think uh, there's no hostility or anything no bitter feelings or anything towards them at all I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with how things worked out and um, you know wish them the best Alright that's Matt Duchesne and I mean the two situations are different the Duchesne camp basically asked for a trade with Colorado Taylor Hall did not ask to be traded by Edmonton he was moved the guy that got back is plus 30 over the last two years as an order, and the orders have been better when he has played. That's certainly been the case over the last couple of months because 
unfortunately for Adam Larson, he, he had to uh, deal with a, a family tragedy that has uh, derailed his season. But when he has been in, the orders have been a better team. I don't think anybody would debate that too much. It is 128 in Edmonton. We'll get a senator's perspective coming up from Gord Wilson. He's longtime Ottawa senator's radio analyst. Jeff Monday from the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour of Canada, to talk about uh, this year's uh, event that got announced here uh uh, the dates and the location, all that kind of stuff coming up in the final half hour of voters now after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.